And the word of the Lord says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. May we be blessed by the reading of God's word this morning. You may be seated. Ask Jared to adjust the temperature. I know I'm hot, so it's never good when the preacher's hot. And it's not the suit, I promise that. Uh, just a few announcements before we uh, get started this morning. Um, can you imagine just one more uh, Sunday before Christmas? Sounds crazy. Next uh, Sunday is the last Sunday before Christmas. So, uh, With that being said, there's a youth Christmas party on the 17th uh, from 6 to 9 down the fellowship hall. That's for grades 6 through 12. That's a youth Christmas party, December the 17th, 6 through 9 down in the fellowship hall. There's a church-wide Christmas fellowship next Sunday uh, at 5 o'clock. Bring finger foods or dessert or both. The share, the church will provide uh, coffee and hot chocolate. And um, last, there is no women's prayer meeting on January the 9th. So ladies, mark your calendars for that. There is no prayer meeting on January the 9th. Let me pray for us, and then we will jump into God's word as we look at joy this morning. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for what you've done and what you've given to us, your son Jesus. As we come and we celebrate him this morning, we also celebrate you out of a place of gratitude. We do not deserve it, but you gave us a free gift in your son. I pray that all would receive him this morning as even this passage say that we would receive him as Savior, Christ, and the Lord, that each of us would come to believe him in those ways. And in believing in him in those ways, it would lead us to transform lives. And living transformed lives, you would let us live lives that would proclaim that truth to a lost world. So open our minds, our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to see the scripture in only the way that you can reveal it to us. So do that with us now. We also come and we humble ourselves again as we have been praying and we continue to pray until you provide. God, we've been praying for a youth pastor. We continue to pray for them this morning. I pray, God, as we, uh, even on Wednesday night, formed a committee, I pray for that committee, that you would use those five people, those men and those women, to seek your face and to seek uh, what is the good of this church, that you would make it abundantly clear to them, God, who that person is that you have been preparing for us and us for them. So now, God, I pray that you would be glorified in all that you want to do and will do in our service this morning. We pray this in the mighty name of Christ Jesus and all God's people said, amen. If it gets too hot, I might take this jacket off because I'm already feeling it. I'm like, it's bad when you sweat through your uh, suit jacket, just to let you know. Um, but this morning we are, we're coming into the third Sunday of Advent. As Jared said, as all of our songs pointed us to joy. We're going to talk about and we're going to celebrate the advent of joy this morning. 
I want to give us a few definition, working definitions of joy this morning. So that we have this in mind as we come to this text. Joy, or Christian joy, is a good feeling in the soul produced only by the Holy Spirit as He chooses and causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word, His Word, and around the world. So the Holy Spirit is causing something to happen in our souls uh, produced by Him as we see the beauty of Christ. Biblical joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances with internal contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use these experiences to accomplish His work in and through our lives. So we're here this morning, and we're going to talk about joy. A few things. We're going to talk about who is joy for, where does joy come from, what does joy bring, and why do we have joy? Let's talk first in this passage about who is joy for. I think oftentimes we come to Christmas and uh, the season of Christmas, and we long for joy, do we not? There's something about the Christmas season, even when we begin to decorate our houses and see lights go up, that something happens internally in us. And what I want to look at is that those are all external things, but something has to happen internally in us. The joy has to come from within, not from without. You see, joy that comes from without will always be dependent on our circumstances. So if our circumstances change, then our joy will change. But what God is going to show and reveal to us through his word this morning, that all the circumstances around us can change. Our interdisposition ought never to be changed because why? He says it in the text. I bring you good news of what great joy. So my hope and my prayer has been this week as I've been studying is that we would leave with great joy. The same way that the angels proclaimed it to those shepherds that day. And so. Who is joy for? Who is this feeling of good pleasure and happiness for? He says it this. Look at who Jesus or who the Lord shows up to and shares it with first. It says, in that same region, region, there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the Lord said to them, or the angels of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be with all the people. The first thing, there's two things that we see in this passage. Joy is for everyone. So if you're here this morning and you're not experiencing joy, it's not because the Lord is withholding that from you. It is for everyone. He says it later in the passage. I'm going to look at those words later on in the passage, but look first who joy came to. It came to the shepherds. Of all the people, of all the land, the first people that hear of the joy of the Lord is who? The shepherds. Now I know we have this in front of us, this nativity scene. We see this cute little shepherd boy here, and we have this conjured up image of shepherds. Shepherds in that day were wicked, wicked people. They were known as thieves and robbers. 
They were nomadic by nature, meaning they went from place to place and they took their herds of sheep wherever they could go find and have their sheep graze. They were notorious for being evil people. It says this to be true about the shepherds. The shepherds were the the lowest of the low. The only people in the Jewish society that were lower than the shepherds were, were the leopards. They were considered unclean. They could never go into the temple to worship God because of who they watched, the sheep. Those shepherds could never come into this place and worship God. The other thing that shepherds were never allowed to do because of their reputation was that they were never allowed to give a testimony or a witness in court because they were never to be believed. Now, why would Jesus show up to them first? People that can't go worship him, people that that, that can't, have credible testimony to them. It ought to remind us that's who Jesus came for still today. You and I are like the shepherds. Before we ever came to Christ, our reputation, inwardly, maybe not outwardly, we were wicked people. Paul says it this way, we were enemies of God. No matter how good your behavior was externally, Paul said this, before you came to know Jesus, you were a wicked, wicked, sinful man. You were a wicked, wicked, sinful woman. You and I are the shepherds in the story. So this ought to give us great hope that Jesus is still bringing joy to who? Those that don't deserve joy. That's how much he cares about us. But he doesn't just say that. He then says this. He says, I bring you good news for what? All the people. It's for everyone. Christian joy, Christ's joy, is for everyone. How often do we, the church, withhold Christ's joy from people? Like we hoard, we hoard the joy of the Lord, do we not? Like it's a, if, if wicked people come in here, it's like, ah, I'm not sure you're wanted here. Now, we wouldn't say it that way. But our outward disposition to those people would be to stand off. But God came for all people. And he, got, he, he sent his son, Jesus, to bring joy to all the people. So this morning, I ask you this. First, have you and are you experiencing the joy of the Lord? Because it's for you. Over and over and over again, we see this in the text. Christ is a free gift for all the people. Do you experience that free gift? Do you have joy this morning? The second one is this. Where does that joy come from? He says it here. Luke, the great physician, says it. He says, and the angels of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they, the shepherds, would fill with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Where does joy come from? Joy does not come from our circumstances. Again, I said it at the beginning of the message. I'll say it again. Our external circumstances will always change. You may have walked in and had joy this morning, 
and you could leave here and get hit by a car and your joy is going to be fleeting. I got hit on Thanksgiving morning. I was like cheerful, ready to go Thanksgiving morning. Uh, I learned a lesson that day. Never leave the house on a holiday. I thought, hey, how awesome would it be to go get Hattie B's deep fried turkey, right? That sounds great. Until you get rear-ended and then you come home with a soggy turkey. But I was driving there with all this joy because I was so excited about Hattie B's hot chicken turkey and I get hit in the back and then I come home and my joy is ruined for the rest of the day. Why? Because I was dependent, it, my joy is dependent on my circumstances. Now, if I had got home in 25 minutes and cut into that turkey that was crispy and ate the crispy skin, man, I would have had joy for the rest of the day. The other part is no-brainer. My joy is dependent on uh, Cracker Barrel. Why Cracker Barrel? Because I love their pumpkin pies. Got the Cracker Barrel right after I got rear-ended and thought to myself, man, I... Pumpkin pie from Cracker Barrel will take this record away. Get there, bad idea. You ought to order in advance. They were out of what? Pumpkin pies. See, it was all dependent on my circumstances. My circumstances were either going to dictate my joy, give it to me, or take it from me. But where does joy come from? The, the, the angels say this. The joy comes from the Lord. And only the joy of the Lord can last forever. Only the joy of the Lord. He says this, the, the angels are simply messengers from God. One commentary said this, that that, that that evening across the horizon from one end to the, from the east of the horizon to the west of the horizon, there was nothing but angels displayed in all singing these songs and bringing this message from where? The Lord, and the Lord is saying, it's through the angels. It's not the angels that are bringing the message. The message is from the Lord, and he says, I bring you good news of great joy. And so my question to you this morning is, where does your joy come from? You see, if your joy comes from the world, the, Lord will, the world will always leave you Wanting more. The world is full of promises that are always empty. As they say in the rooms of AA, as a frequent member of AA, they, we would often say this, one drink is too many and a thousand's not enough. Why? Because that satisfaction or that joy from alcohol, one taste will get me in the door and the rest keeps me in the door. It's never going to fulfill me. Nothing that this world offers me will ever fulfill what my heart longs for. That's why the psalmist says this. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord. and He will give you the desires of your heart. The psalmist doesn't say delight yourself in the world and the world will give you the desires of the, your heart. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. And so this morning, I asked myself this question. I asked you this question. Where does your joy come from? Where is your delight coming from? And what is bringing you ultimate satisfaction? The next thing is this. What 
does joy bring? The Lord is bringing us joy. How does that joy and what is that being brought to us? He says it in three words. He says, unto you is born this day in the city of David. Three things. This is what joy brings. It brings us a savior. It brings us Christ. And it brings us the Lord. In the Greek, it literally reads, Savior, Christ, and Lord. That is what joy brings to us. We've looked at those three words in the last two messages. Do you have joy that comes from a Savior? Do you have joy that comes from Christ? And do you have joy that says that the Lord Jesus reigns supreme over all things? You believe that Jesus is your Savior. That he is the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And he reigns supreme over your life. Do you believe that? Because if those three things are not true of you, I promise this, you'll never have everlasting joy. If you're missing any of these three components of who Jesus is, you'll never have everlasting joy. Jesus must be your Savior, the Christ, and the Lord. If he's simply just Christ and the Lord and not your Savior, you won't have joy in any of the combinations of the, of the, of the three. Are all those three true of you? I want us to turn to Psalm chapter 103. And I want to talk to us about why we have joy this morning. There is a reason that all of us have joy the psalmist says it so clearly in Psalm 103. I'll read the passage and I'm going to point us to five things in this passage. It says this, the psalmist David says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It's the same idea of what Jesus says in the Beatitudes. It's the same idea of joy. We have joy. That's not like I'm blessing the Lord, but the blessing of the Lord is on me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget, and forget not all of his benefits. Well, what are his benefits? On these next few verses, the psalmist is going to tell us where this gift of joy comes from. What is the gift of this joy? Five things we see in the passage. It says, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. One writer says this about this passage. Dr. John Stott says this, and, and I have this picture when I was reading that this passage this week about children at Christmas, which is kind of cool when you have little kids, like the first, like, you know, birth to one, one and a half, the coolest gift is the box that the gift came in. Like, why not just wrap up empty boxes? You'll save yourself a lot of money. But as Tennyson and Cedar have gotten older, their joy of their gifts is becoming more and more abundant. I, I hear, when I hear Dr. Stott say this about this verse, I have this picture of a child at Christmas morning as they're opening their gifts. He says this, 
we have here in this passage an authentic utterance of a redeemed child of God who piles up words of expressions of his gratitude to God and all of his graces. Here in this passage, we see a child that has all this gratitude, all this joy because of who God is and what God has done. And here's the five gifts that joy brings to us this morning. The first one is this. When we say the word joy, we're It's synonymous with Jesus this morning. First joy or Jesus does what? In verse 3. Joy forgives us of all of our iniquities. Like joy, true joy, is reminded that Jesus forgives us of all of our sins. Past, present, and future sin, all of you, And all of your sins and all of my sins have been forgiven by Jesus. That ought to do something in our hearts this morning. If that's all that he offers us. There ought to be this well of gladness or this well of joy that God has forgiven us of our sins. When we come to passages like these, my hope is that we will never forget the magnitude of our sin. That even this morning, you can look back over your life and think of all the wicked things that you've done. If you have the joy of Christ in you, all those have been forgiven. Wiped clean, he says. We just stopped there this morning. All of us ought to walk out of here like Charlie Chaplin kicking our heels of the joy that God has given to us because of the forgiveness of all of our sin. But he doesn't stop there. The psalmist goes on and says this. You may look at this next part and think, scratch your head. He says, not only does he forgive us our iniquities, but he heals all of our diseases. I believe this verse is talking about spiritual healing. Because we've done great harm to ourselves and to other people in our sin, and he's forgiven us of those things, there still has to be healing that comes to us from how we've been harmed and others have harmed us. You see, all of us in this room live in a fallen, broken world. And because we live in a fallen, broken world, you've been harmed. And because you've been harmed, you need healing. And Jesus offers you that healing this morning. He heals all of our past sin. Are you living forgiven and are you living healed? You see, healing means this, that your past resentments, your past bitterness, your past frustrations are being healed by the Lord. I know there's many people in here this morning that have a lot of harm done to them. I'm not taking that harm away from you, but the promise that we can have joy this morning is because we have a Savior, we have Christ, we have the Lord that brings healing to those places. Do we believe that this morning? My greatest fear is that we 
believe that we are forgiven. But we walk around as we've still been harmed without the healing. Now, I'm not saying we're ever going to forget our past and what was done to us. But our past doesn't have to define us today because of what this passage says. You can have healing this morning. I wonder if so many of us in the room this morning aren't experienced the joy of the Lord because we don't believe the salve from Christ Jesus that brings us healing. So he offers us forgiveness. He gives us healing. And then he says this. We have joy this morning because he's redeemed our life from the pit. That word redeem means he has bought you back. He paid the ultimate price to buy you out of the pit, to give you freedom. So you can be forgiven and not free. You can be healed and not free. We needed a Savior that would buy us back to live in freedom. Do you live in freedom this morning? Because if you believe in Christ Jesus, you have freedom, you ought to have joy. We ought to be a joyous people. Galatians 1, 4 says this. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the presence of this evil age according to the will of God his Father. He gave himself to buy us back. That is the whole reason he came as a baby to this planet. Was to buy us back. The perfect sacrifice. And then the last piece, the reason we have joy, is this. He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. Basically, that passage says this. We have joy because in Christ, he showers us or covers us with steadfast love. The word steadfast love means this, an ongoing love. It's, this is a poor analogy, but one of the things uh, that often you'll see at a wedding is one of those chocolate fountains. It just like keeps going and going and going and going. It, it never runs out of chocolate. It, it's, that is the idea of the steadfast love that God's love is being poured out onto you continuously. It's not like he poured it out on you at your salvation and stopped pouring it out. From the day of your salvation till today, his love and mercy is being poured out on you. Do we know and experiencing God's love every day throughout the day? Because if we do, we will have joy. And then the last thing is this. We come to this place, and it's the final culmination of all of them. Because he, joy forgives us. Because joy heals us. Because joy redeems us. Because joy crowns us with steadfast love and his mercy. Then what? We are satisfied. You see, those other four point us to that place of joy. Are you satisfied this morning? Because this is true of the birth of Christ. He has given us all that we need. 
He withhold nothing back from his children. Do we live satisfied lives? You see, that is the purpose of the joy of Advent. Not just that we experience joy in heaven, but we all can experience that joy this morning. The question is, are you experiencing that joy this morning? Because again, joy is for everyone. It comes from the Lord. It has brought us a Savior. It has brought us the Anointed One, Christ. He is the Lord. And because of that joy, we are forgiven, we're healed, we're redeemed, we're crowned, and we have satisfaction. Is that true of you this morning? Is that true of me? Is that true collectively here at Powell's Chapel? Do we have the joy of the Lord on this Christmas season, the advent of joy? Let us all have joy. Let me read one last definition of joy. Biblical joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what is happening around us. Is our joy this morning dependent on Christ Jesus? He offers that as a free gift to you. If there's no other gift this morning that you'd ever receive this Christmas, my hope and prayer is that you would receive Christ Jesus, the gift of joy. Let me pray for us this morning.